Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. Another batch of Twitter files out today. They allegedly show how the government pressured Twitter to censor information about COVID-19. More attacks on the power grid in Washington state over the weekend, leaving thousands without power on Christmas Day. And China could be experiencing the largest COVID outbreak in the world. The numbers leaked from a meeting of the country's top health body. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us, Don Ma here. Many have been waiting to see the latest batch of Twitter files that were released this morning. They show how the government pressured Twitter to censor information about COVID-19 and vaccines. Journalist David Zweig published the files. He says countless instances of Twitter posts were taken down or labeled as misleading because they differed from the CDC guidelines or, quote, establishment views around COVID-19 or vaccines. NTD's Jason Perry has the story. Last year, the federal government spoke openly about its expectations for big tech and COVID-19 misinformation. Here's the Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy. We're asking them to operate with greater transparency and accountability. We're asking them to monitor misinformation more closely. We're asking them to consistently take action against misinformation super spreaders on their platforms. But according to the Twitter files that were released on Monday, the White House was, quote, very angry after meeting with Twitter. And the Biden team didn't think Twitter was doing enough to deplatform several accounts. Many people see this as a violation of free speech, as the government allegedly pressured a private company to censor speech. On Monday, Harvard professor and epidemiologist Dr. Martin Kuldorf shared his thoughts about the Twitter files with Jan Jekelek of the Epic Times American Thought Leaders. In order to be to stay on the platform, this is an important source of communication. I had to self-censor myself. And other people will self-censor themselves. That's uh, devastating for, for public health if you have leading public health. We reached out to the White House and we'll include their comment when they respond. More information of how the government allegedly pressured Twitter to censor information about COVID-19 can be found at David Zweig's Twitter page. Jason Perry, NTD News. At the end of his story, Zweig highlighted how Twitter's censorship could have impacted society, citing children missing out on education and small businesses closing down. Among other things, he asked people to think if Twitter had allowed an open debate. Could any of this turn out differently? And over the weekend on Christmas Eve, there was also another edition of the Twitter files dropped by independent journalist Matt Taibbi. In part nine, Taibbi revealed that cooperation between Twitter and government agencies went far beyond the FBI. It also included the DOD, CIA, and other agencies. Taibbi wrote that Twitter had so many interactions with government agencies that the company couldn't keep them straight. He said, quote, Twitter had so much contact with so many agencies that executives lost track. Is today the DOD and tomorrow the FBI? Is it the weekly call or the monthly meeting? It was dizzying. Different agencies from state governments to local police flooded Twitter with moderation requests. Cooperation was especially prevalent before the 2020 presidential election. Twitter received moderation suggestions from the FBI and others with lists of hundreds of, quote, problem accounts. House Republicans are signaling they want to conduct an in-depth investigation of the FBI once in power. The development comes in light of the Twitter files revelations. It highlighted the agency allegedly exercising a heavy influence on policy decisions of the social media company. 
NTD's Daniel Monahan has the story. Congressman Jim Jordan says the Bureau needs to be investigated in the same manner as the Church Committee. The Church Committee investigated abuses by the CIA, FBI and other agencies. It was led by Senator Frank Church. The investigations revealed the now infamous CIA MKUltra program. That was an unlawful program that experimented on humans. The objective was to find drugs that interrogators could use to break people and force confessions using brainwashing and psychological torture. Congressman Jordan told Fox News how a whistleblower described the FBI. Rotten at the core, at the Washington field office, at the upper echelons of the FBI. That's what they're telling us. Not one, multiple whistleblowers. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy is also calling for action. He says that private companies have become a political arm of the FBI to go after individuals with no repercussions. He's also calling for a church committee-style investigation. Here's McCarthy on Fox News. The number of whistleblowers that have come forward that have talked to us about this, this is going to be a much bigger situation than people realize. Journalist Matt Taibbi released more internal Twitter files over the weekend. Those suggested that the FBI had assigned staffers to look for Twitter term of service violations to get accounts suspended. Taibbi released a November 2020 message from then-Twitter lawyer James Baker, himself a former FBI official. In the email, Baker noted that it is, quote, odd that the FBI is searching for violations of our policies. In response to the recent reports detailing the FBI's interactions with Twitter, the law enforcement agency claimed that conspiracy theorists are trying to damage the Bureau's work. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Disruptions to Christmas travel continued into today. Over 3,600 flights were canceled, 500 more than yesterday. Much of the U.S. still reels from the impact of the powerful winter storm. Flight-aware data shows that there were also about 5,900 flights delayed in the U.S. today. Yesterday, delays totaled over 7,800. Storm Elliott was termed a once-in-a-generation storm by some forecasters. At least 38 people have died, and hundreds of thousands were left without power this Christmas. The storm swept through much of the United States and parts of Canada. It brought freezing temperatures, flash floods, and blizzards. Ahead of the holiday weekend, around 73% of the U.S. population was under some kind of winter weather advisory or warning. Some reason, regions have now lifted their winter storm warnings, but much of the eastern part of the country is expected to remain in a deep freeze into tomorrow. Vandals yesterday attacked four power substations in Washington state, south of Seattle. Police said they found evidence of forced entry. Equipment was damaged at all four energy substations, and a fire broke out at one of them. The local sheriff's department said nothing was stolen from any of the facilities, and they're investigating to see if the attacks are related. The damage knocked out power for around 14,000 customers. The sheriff's department says most of the power has been restored. Power grid threats are on the rise. Earlier this month, power grid attacks in North Carolina left thousands in the dark for days. CNN reports last month the FBI warned of threats to the power grid by extremists to, quote, create civil disorder and inspire further violence. So far, no suspects are in custody for the latest attacks. And it seems like inflation didn't slow down holiday shopping too much this year, as retail store and online sales were up from last year. NTD's Shar Marshall caught up with some holiday shoppers to check on their buying habits. U.S. retail sales rose 7.6% between November 1st and December 24th, 
which encompasses a majority of the holiday season, as steep discounts lure deal-hungry consumers. That's according to a MasterCard report released Monday. But people out shopping at Hudson Yards Mall in Manhattan noticed the increase in prices this year compared to last. I could see it most for the for the car, you know, um, for the gas. That's the most expensive thing for me. Also shopping and um, going to eat something with the friends. Everything's a lot more expensive now. It's hard, hard times, man. Well, I wasn't here last year, but I've noticed higher prices. Ron preferred an experience for his family over stuff. Well, most of the time, this trip to New York was my biggest gift to my family. Will bought most of his holiday gifts for others online. Uh, yes, I did do a little bit of Christmas shopping online for the most part. While online sales grew 10.6% compared to the same period last year, electronics and jewelry sales were both down this year about 5%. Will didn't buy anyone else electronics this year, but he did get something for himself. Um, I did buy a PS5 online, yes. Black Friday sustains its title as the top spending day of the 2022 holiday season, up 12% year over year, excluding automotive. Will didn't notice any price changes because he didn't do very much shopping at retail stores for gifts. Um, I did most of my shopping Black Friday, so... Most of the prices were discounted then, so I can't say I really noticed a price change, but yeah, I would say it was about the same as last year. Meanwhile, during the period spanning Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday, total retail sales had jumped about 11%. That's according to a MasterCard report from late November. In-person dining continued to show strong momentum, with restaurants' revenue up 15.1% year over year. From gatherings with co-workers to dinners out with friends and family, the festive season brought consumers out for the holidays. Sean Marshall, NTD News. As the massive COVID-19 outbreak spreads across China, the country's economy is showing signs of slowing in December. This comes after Beijing's reversal of its zero-COVID policy. China's skyrocketing virus numbers are keeping people at home, resulting in a drop in economic activity and travel. In some areas, according to Bloomberg, Beijing, for example, traffic congestion was only 30% of the level compared to January 2021. Even before the zero-COVID reversal, China's economy was struggling. There was a slump in consumer spending and industrial output was growing at the slowest pace since the spring. And China might be going through the largest outbreak of COVID-19 ever. An estimated 37 million people are contracting the virus every day. That's according to leaked records from the country's top health body. Multiple news sources have confirmed the leak. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg reports. It's hard to know China's actual numbers when it comes to COVID, as the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP, has hardly been forthcoming since the pandemic started. But according to leaked minutes from an internal meeting of China's National Health Commission last week, officials say about 250 million people were infected with the disease in the first 20 days of December. That's about 18% of China's population. The figure is exponentially higher than the regime's official virus tally. If accurate, it would put China's outbreak as the largest in the world. Bloomberg and other media outlets confirmed the notes with anonymous officials involved in the discussions. A screenshot of the conference notes circulating online shows the virus apparently spinning out of control, especially in Beijing and southwestern China's Sichuan province. It appears to have hit over half of the residents in those areas. After nearly three years of strict zero-COVID policy, the Chinese people have been left with little natural immunity against the CCP virus. 
the minutes cited 12 major Omicron subvariants found in China. The three listed most prevalent are BA 5.2, BF 7, and BM 7. How the agency arrived at these figures remains unclear, as the country abandoned mandatory mass virus testing earlier this month. But the numbers do appear consistent with anecdotal evidence of a spike in infections and deaths nationwide, including among the CCP's elite circle. The numbers also align with analysis by UK researchers, projecting up to 279 million cases nationwide, with up to 2.1 million deaths. The virus surge has overloaded morgues and hospitals across China. Experts predict the peak in the whole country will come in January, when tens of millions of people travel across China to celebrate the Lunar New Year with family. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. And China's National Health Commission will stop releasing daily COVID-19 case numbers. The NHC said, quote, From today, we will no longer publish daily information on the epidemic. Doubt has surrounded the virus numbers provided by the NHC. Some Chinese cities have reported daily infection numbers that have far surpassed the official tally. Chinese users on social media commented on the NHC's decision. Some wrote, finally, they're waking up and realizing they can't fool people anymore. Another said this was the best and biggest fake statistics manufacturing office in the country. The NHC did not give a reason for halting the release of daily COVID case numbers. We're going to take a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, tips to set you up for financial success in 2023. Two money experts give their ear and advice. And we have the box office numbers for Christmas weekend, which film topped the list. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. The year is wrapping up and many will be making financial resolutions for 2023. And experts say don't wait until January 1st to pin down those money moves. In this next story, we have five things financial experts recommend you do now to set yourself up for financial success next year. Before you ring in the new year, how about reining in your 2023 finances? You want to be able to have your ducks in a row. You want to have your finances organized. After a year of historic inflation, rising interest rates, and growing recession fears, this duo of financial experts say now is the perfect time to reflect on your spending and plan for the future. Prioritize paying off high interest rate debt bulking up your emergency fund. If improving your finances is one of your 2023 resolutions, here are five money moves to consider these final days of the year. One, look ahead and decide which big purchases you'd like to make next year. Then create a plan to afford that new car, house, or trip. Making sure that you are building all of that into your budget is going to be number one. Two, look back at your expenses and figure out what worked and what didn't. Three, tackle that lingering debt Either pay it off now and avoid dragging it into next year, or come up with a plan to pay it off in 2023. We see the feds raising the rates on interest. Um, and so things like credit card debt, uh, personal loans, anything that has a variable interest rate is gonna cost you more. Four, 
boost your emergency fund. Figure out the most scaled back amount you need in order to get by month to month. That's going to include housing. It's going to include basic food and groceries, not a lot of dining out. And five, decide how much you'll invest next year and in what. Just make sure that you're earmarking money for investing that you are not going to need for at least the next 10 years. And this will forever be a memorable Christmas for a family from Buffalo, New York. They were among dozens of people who were left stranded when a blizzard hit the city on Friday. The family of six lost power in their home, so they decided to head to a hotel for the night. But then they got stuck on the road. Members of the Buffalo Airport firefighters came to their rescue. The family, with kids ranging from nine months to eight years old, spent Christmas Eve and Christmas Day at the firehouse. And Santa still managed to find them, even though they weren't at home. Saving the day for the second time, the firefighters quickly improvised and wrapped up presents for the family to enjoy. Christmas weekend always brings a lot of big movies, and this year was no exception. Could an animated adventure, a musical biopic, or a tale of old Hollywood spoil the Avatar sequel's holiday cheer? We have the early box office estimates for the top five films in theaters. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is up to $426 million in domestic ticket sales after a fifth place weekend worth $3 million. Three and a half million put Babylon in fourth place in its first weekend in theaters. Whitney Houston, I Wanna Dance With Somebody debuted at number three on the chart, grossing $5.3 million. This is a person party. That's your party. So this is where dignity goes to die. Puss in Boots' The Last Wish was the top new movie in theaters, lapping up $11.4 million in its opening weekend. So what does her heartbeat sound like? Mighty. Avatar The Way of Water soared to victory for the second straight weekend, taking in an estimated $56 million for a 10-day domestic total of $254 million. Worldwide, Avatar The Way of Water has earned an estimated $881 million so far. The original Avatar is the all-time global champ at more than $2.9 billion. Just before Christmas, Emirates Airlines turned one of its planes into Santa's sleigh in a festive clip, adding to the holiday fun. In a special animated video, reindeer are seen pulling an A380 onto the runway of Dubai International Airport before taking off over the skyline. A fitting caption reads, quote, Captain Claus requesting permission for takeoff. Merry Christmas from Emirates. The clip went viral on social media and has garnered over a million likes. Comments were flooded with tons of holiday cheer. And an Israeli-made electric aircraft designed to fly commuters on short trips has made its maiden voyage. The developer says the debut will help the aerial EV reach the market in the next two years. Entity's Andrew Thomas reports. The test flight may not look out of the ordinary at first, but Israeli startup Air is developing an aircraft that will be able to carry an operator and one passenger. This is a major milestone. We're going to open the envelope. We have transitioned today to forward flight, and this is coming close to bringing our dream come true uh, into mass production of, of the Air One. According to the company, the aircraft will have a range of 100 miles on a single charge. Air and many competitors around the world are betting on this aerial mode of transportation. 
the vast majority of the market is going to the commercial side, e-taxis and, and electric taxis and, uh, and, and buses, let's say, uh, and these are commercial. Air, uh, based on our technology, is the private car of the category, which is bringing basically high availability of air traffic to most people. There are still many obstacles before people can expect to fly themselves across cities. Some challenges include creating regulations and commercializing the technology. But Plout says that the vehicle already meets most regulations. He also adds that it will be easy and safe to operate. The CEO says that AIR's next test phase will take place with someone on board. He hopes electric aircraft will hit the market at the end of 2024 at a base price of $150,000. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And that's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter too. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.